welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Steph Fairburn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. This episode, I'm joined by Ross Brooks, under 9 to 11 phase lead coach at West Ham United. Since starting coaching at the age of just 14, Ross has gained various experiences across the game, but has gone on to specialise in the foundation phase. That's players between the ages of 5 and 11. I caught up with Ross to talk about why he loves the foundation phase so much, what good looks like at foundation, and how we can make sure that that joy that we see in kids at a young age is carried on throughout the age groups. But first, he told me a bit about him and his coaching background. I've been coaching now for um, since I was 14. Um, so, yeah, coming up to my 16th year of, of doing it. So I started as a, um, a volunteer um, uh, with Norwich City. I did a junior football organisations course when I was in like coming to the end of my year nine. Um, it was something whilst I was playing, I was like, really interested in doing. Um, and then I did loads of volunteering with, with them. I remember leaving school a little bit earlier than I probably should have to, to jump on the bus to to go down and coach some some sessions down at Carra Park, which was next to Cow Road, and um, sort of first started coaching like the four to six year olds, um, and uh, that was an awesome introduction into um, coaching. And um, for me, it was like a a brilliant release. Um, it was like the one time where you could be a big kid and just play and have loads of fun, and um, had some really good people that I worked with, like um, Dick Mills, um, who uh, is Danny Mills' dad, who I coached alongside, who was a really good role model for me in terms of even in his, um, you know, mid to late age, you know, he's still running around full of energy and, and not taking himself too too seriously. So um, that kind of started a bit of a love for it. Um, and then that love soon turned to an obsession uh, where um, I was really I went did sixth form but I didn't really have any other anything else in my mind other than to go into to coaching so um I then spent an awful lot of time trying to um start a career in it which was really difficult um I went to did some work part-time with with Norwich eventually sort of traveling all around Norfolk and Suffolk going into schools and doing loads of different types of of delivery and in you know working in disability female football um working with over 70s like a real broad range of different stuff um then i went out to america from there uh, 18 uh, which was pretty cool um did a year out there and then i decided to come back to pursue my my coaching qualifications so i did my my b license and my youth module three uh, worked with Curva for four years uh, and then I was after that I'd had it was like 21 22 I was really keen on getting into academy football that for me was my my next step so um, I then whilst I was part-time with Curva then took a part-time academy role at Cambridge which meant me doing like seven five evenings a week and Saturday and Sunday and commuting which was pretty heavy going um, and then that led on to a full-time role um, from there, then went to um, stayed there. Then went to Lincoln, travelled up to Lincoln every day to do a foundation phase lead role, um, and then uh, been at West Ham now for the past three three years. So uh, yeah, it's been some some journey, but um, you know I've been really fortunate to work with a wide range of 
different people, lots of different environments at, at all different levels, which have, have really helped me, I think. But I've always stayed in the younger age groups by and large. So, Yes, well, I guess we'll come on to the foundation phase in a second, but I just wanted to pick up on that. You starting at 14 is, is amazing. And obviously now you've got so much experience and you're still really young. What, I guess, what would you take from that experience and what would you say to new coaches starting out at the minute? Yeah, I think I've seen a bit of a shift. Um, so I'm, yeah, like you said, I'm still quite young, but I've seen a bit of a shift in it that um, perhaps when I first started, there wasn't many people that went to go and do sort of sports coaching degrees or degrees in other in other parts of, of sport. Um, so what I, what I was fortunate enough to do is I, I, I managed to get like a load of experience really early on in probably environments where I could just try stuff and experiment stuff um without feeling under pressure uh, obviously there was always pressure because you, you always wanted to deliver well and make sure the kids had a had a really good experience but um probably that first five six years of my career um like I was just always searching new session plans new practices and stuff and then I would just go and try them um and that, like that kind of allowed me to sort of build my my coaching craft um as you know um and I think that that for me is probably the biggest thing is that sometimes you sort of getting people that are coming into into roles um that academically are doing brilliantly um you know far more academic than, than what I am um but maybe haven't had that that experience of coaching and um I was always one where I was always tried to be really patient but um that sometimes was quite difficult because I was quite ambitious. Um, I think uh, you now see people trying to get go in, like maybe skip a few steps to get into a to a certain role, and actually that that exposure, coaching at grassroots, coaching at you know those less lower pressured environments are really important just to get that experience on the on the grass. And you said as well, you've kind of you've stayed in foundation phase. So, what is it that you love so much about the foundation phase? Yeah, like, I think because uh, I've, I've had experience of working with all age groups, and it's definitely not something that I'm not um, I'm against. Um, you know, because I, I sort of see myself as a developer. My my job for whoever I'm working with is to try and help them sort of be the best that they can be. And um, you know, so but one one thing I I love most about the foundation phase is that kind of relentless enthusiasm that the kids have, where they'll always turn up full of energy and like really wide-eyed and so excited and just want to hang off every single one of your your words and just look like they love playing football with their friends um and I and I think when you kind of go and work with different age groups and different environments and stuff sometimes you you can lose that lose what it's all about which is really what all the kids started for they all started just to play football with their mates and have a blast doing it um and there's probably this an element of like selfishness to it too where um I feel for me that it's the it's an area the age groups you're working on even if you're having a bit of a tough time or a bad day and stuff you know whenever you go and work with the kids like they'll completely change your outlook on on things and how you're feeling just because of their sort of um yeah they're just their enjoyment and excitement and stuff so thing over the years like that's always been the thing like well because I've, I've loved it doing it and I've really enjoyed doing it um 
I know I'm really grateful just to be able to do something that I enjoyed doing. There's not many people that A, get to work in football but also then get to do something that they love doing. So I'd never really want to lose that, like, because you have to sacrifice an awful lot as a coach, you know, time and even financially and stuff. But the one thing you can kind of hold on to is loving what you're doing. And I think for me, that's when working with those younger age groups where I, um, at the moment, feel like I'm, I'm enjoying it the most. What do you see then as the priorities for, for the foundation phase? Like what should a foundation phase coach be focusing on? Yeah, good question. Um, I think mainly for me it's around nurturing their love of the game. I think uh, our job as um, coaches in those younger age groups is to make sure that when they come into your phase or when they come into you at seven or eight or whenever they start, they don't, they're leaving you with the same enjoyment and same enthusiasm and love for playing football. So I think that for me fundamentally is the most important thing is that they love it. Because um, I think that that will help set um, a better president then for, throughout their journey, you know, as they progress and get older, the more and more they enjoy it, the more and more they want to practice and play and, and be really engaged with it which is only going to help them to learn and, and develop and, and improve as they progress all the way through. So that for me is fundamentally the most important thing, making sure they love love playing football um, and making sure the coach or the coaches don't get in the way. Um, and I think to do that, um, one, one coach said to me a couple of years ago about being redundant as a, as a coach when you're working with kids of this age group, like that should be your aim, whereas it's not about you, it's about the kids and, almost you're working in the background and not really being noticed. And I think that's a really cool way of, of looking at working with these younger, younger groups. So what does that look like then, I guess, in terms of, in terms of the session? Um, yeah, in terms of when you're actually on the grass working with those kids, how can we set it up to, to work like that? Yeah, um, so I think for me, like, it's really important that you, you make the environment all about the needs of the kids. So what are their needs? What do they maybe need to work on? What are they really good at? Um, where do they need help? Um, and you're always considering their needs. Um, and secondly, I think it's really also important that you, you sort of experience driven in the way in which you work. So, and you're trying to enrich that environment with as much variety as possible when you're working with those younger age groups. Um, I think sometimes coaches, um, the downside of having so many practices and sessions and stuff is that you can get kind of uh, lost away in your coaching points and, and all the organisation of stuff and actually lose sight of what it's all about, which is, as I said earlier, you know, about the kids just playing football and having a great time. Um, so I think you've got to look at the needs of the kids. What, what do they need? You know, do they need a little bit more technical work? Do they need some more game stuff? they need some more competition do you need help with like maybe some physical stuff and all those things should then derive around what what your, your session plans or your curriculum is, is based around but most importantly you've got to make sure the experiences are there for the kids and you know enriching it with as much variety as possible so I think ways you can do that are by not having like a fixed session structure making sure you're really varied with your session structure so Sometimes you might start with a game. Sometimes you might start with some multi-sport stuff. Sometimes you might start with some 1v1s. You know, so having a real fluidity in terms of not being fixed on that. Um, and then finding like really cool ways of making it really awesome for the kids. So 
Uh, if you've got the option of having some music playing, that's always a good thing. Like recreating like Champions League tournaments, getting some trophies out every now and then. Um, you know, um, getting some of the older kids around it. You might do some like mixed age group stuff. There's loads of stuff you can do. Um, but I think generally what I've found, and I've kind of gone full circle of it, is actually the most important thing is they're just playing. And that's definitely the most important thing. I think when you've kind of enforced structure, you'll get some returns, but you'll lose that playfulness, which I think is really important for younger younger children to explore through through play, particularly when they're sort of taking their first steps into, into football. And how does that fit then, I guess, for you within an academy environment or maybe for coaches that are coaching in environments that are meant to, I guess, lead somewhere in, in terms of football? Um, I suppose traditionally years ago, that might not be how, the, how those environments shaped up, but how does that look in that setting now? Yeah, it's really challenging um, because, um, as you know, there'll be like an element of expectation on the club to um, sort of push and stretch the, the kids and, and sort of, and I think they have a duty of care to do that. You know, I think when they're coming into the academy environment or any environment, you, your job is to try and give them the best chance of being the best that they can be. So is isn't just go and play kids, off you go. There's obviously still an element you, you need them to help, help them too, right? So... I think um, how you manage your environment in terms of setting out your what your objectives are for the club you're in, how you see those younger age groups, you know, in terms of, you know, this is what we're trying to achieve this is, and this is how we're going to, to do it and making sure you, you coordinate that with your parents, players and staff and everyone collectively is really aware of what the programme looks like and what we're trying to get out from the programme and um there's no right way in that so every club and every person will see that differently um so i think again it comes back to the needs of the kids and the needs of your environment of what you're what you're trying to achieve will fundamentally dictate kind of how you structure your your program and then it's just about being really proactive with engaging with your your parents and your staff and your kids around kind of how you how you see it um i don't know if that answers your question i think it does but no, no, it definitely does. And it gives me some other ones as well, actually. Um, you know, when you are working with these kids, I guess, how explicit are you about the skills that they might be learning when they're doing something? And then to get a bit more in depth, at what point of the session are you looking to deliver that kind of before, during, after? How, how do you like to work it? Yeah, again, it comes back to the needs of the kids because they'll all need different stuff across that practice spectrum in terms of your session design. Some kids might need some more opposed stuff. Some kids might need some unopposed work. Um, Probably more so recently, like with the environment I'm working within at the moment, like we're fortunate a lot of the kids have kind of got mastery of their their body and, and, and the ball more often than not. Um, as they come into our environment, most of the kids are pretty good on both sides. Most of the kids are well balanced and move well. Um, so then it's like, okay, can we get them to start mastering their their brain and how they apply um, how they apply themselves in game based situations? Thinking about sort of the before, during, and after of of skill development. And I think that's always been an interesting thing for me because we talk a lot around helping the kids technically. Um, and obviously technical work is different to skills-based work so I think the best coaches and the best environments I've seen are able to um, skillfully work in games-based work to sort of almost create repetition without repetition 
and place a real value on helping the kids to notice things when they're playing that they can apply their skills for. So um, placing a value around um, where do you see the space? What, what if you, you notice what your teammates did? Oh, did you notice that where that defender's gone? Where, where do you reckon the opposition are at their weakest? So using those sort of divergent questions to really get the kids to start thinking about kind of those individual tactical decisions that they're going to make and then therefore what what techniques and skills they're going to have to use to try and help solve some of those problems but also create problems in those games so there's an element of when you feel the kids have um got to the point where again depending on the the environment right but when you feel the kids have maybe mastered some of those basic techniques I think then the sort of the next step is then to start challenging them implicitly by putting them into environments which promote them to start thinking about how they can use those techniques and transfer them into skill to start solving and creating problems in those in those small games. And I guess in the younger age groups, that, that's why like the, the lower the format, the lower number of kids on the pitch the easier and less complex it is for the children. They're starting to think, you know, about how I can have beat an opposition player in a 1v1, but then, right, if I'm doing a 2v2, how do I work with my teammate to beat the opposition players? Oh, my teammate's got the ball. What do I need to do to help create space for them? How do I move? And, um, yeah, I don't know, again, if that, that answers it, but I think it just depends on the needs of the kids, really. I don't think there's a set, a set way on that. It's just about kind of coaches understanding who needs to be stretched and and how no it, it does answer it and you mentioned parents as well and kind of engaging parents and bringing them on board and I know sometimes it's a challenge and I guess sometimes when we're creating these environments they don't always look like the environments that parents experience when they were playing the game or the environments that they see at the high levels of the game which obviously don't apply to the foundation phase so you know, has it, is it sometimes a challenge to kind of get parents engaged and how do you go about doing that? I think so. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. I think, again, it comes back to, like, if, if parents, I think, if they feel that their kid's safe, they're enjoying it and they're improving or learning, I think most parents are quite happy. Um, and, that's, and then it's just about being sort of up, like making sure you're sort of upfront and honest wherever you can really on, on, on like, why you're doing certain things and, and stuff, but not like having to justify every single one of your, of your moves. And then I think, as we sort of mentioned earlier, like how you set your scene of what the environment's about, what you're trying to achieve. And if you're coming to our club or into our programme, like this is what you're agreeing to. And um, there'll be opportunities for us to get feedback from you on how you're finding it. But like between now and those sort of meetups or, conversations like this is how we're going to go so just bite your tongue get a feel for it um and then like things even like your kind of your non-negotiables and your code of conduct and stuff they're all things which are really important in terms of setting the, the store not only for the staff in terms of what their expectations are but also like what, what you expect from the kids and what you expect from the parents and being really clear on that and being swift if um you know something goes against that so actually kind of that's an opportunity just to kind of remind whoever that this is what what we're doing um and being really proactive of that just to kind of help shape shape the environment you know and 
certainly seen it in games on match days where like we might have an intention as a group of staff for the day but the parents might have a completely different intention of what they want to get out of the day and that sometimes then means there's a like some gray areas on how you know how they perceive you know how we're perceiving the environment should look so just being really in the front foot with it and maybe doing some team talks with the parents present sending that stuff before before a game to say that this is what we're going to do to today and just almost trying to preempt what what the experience is going to be to try and help manage the manage the environment really and then if you feel someone stepping out of line you kind of have a choice do you deal with it there and then in the game which you sometimes have to or do you sort of pick it up at another another time I want to go back to something you said at start as well actually which is about loving the foundation phase because I guess the kids come in so excited and and all of that and how do you think we can try and keep that excitement alive through the rest of the phases and, and into adult football yeah I think um like children as they get older and they start to hit those teenage years I think that's obviously like a quite a difficult period really they're changing school losing and building new relationships got other things like exams and uh, other social stuff that starts starts coming into play so um and then I think there's also that element of building they start beginning to build a bit more self-awareness of where they're at and some kids um start realizing actually I'm maybe struggling or not not as good as I as I think I'm and kind of every kid you speak to wants to be a professional footballer right they all want to do that but then they start becoming this more sort of sense of reality actually this is quite hard to, to do um so I think it's about making sure when children are going through those little dips in confidence or or struggling with things um a you get to know them you really get to know the kids and the, the families so you know what's going on and you know, try and create as much opportunity to speak with them and talk to them and find out as much as you can about them so when you you know kind of when those dips are happening and then um and just making sure you're there to support them and help them through through that um i think that's that's one thing and then i think secondly in terms of things that we can control is Again, just making sure that you create lots of variety in your programme. You're not just playing 11 v 11 games every week. And, you know, if the kids are losing all the time, then you might have to find different types of games and give them some success. Maybe find different things, again, that you're going to engage them, you know, different experiences like going on tour or going and watching a match day together and all those sorts of things, which starts building in that social element off the pitch too. And then just making sure your, your training sessions still are really fun and you're not getting too drawn into like the adult game too soon. You know, when you're working with 12, 13 year old kids, remember they are still children. And, you know, we can see some awesome stuff in the Premier League and stuff each week and that. But, you know, those, those, those players are really established senior players that have kind of gone through their childhood to get to that point. So it's important we don't take that childhood away. Well, I think you've given people so much to go away and think about. But I guess final question is from your perspective, what do you hope people take away from, from this conversation we've had? Um, <laughs> from my part, um, there's always still there's still some challenges around like foundation phase football. And um, I think you still see coaches trying to progress all the way through and like into older age groups and stuff. But 
like from from my perspective like i've i found something that i really enjoy doing and um i've tried to specialize in it doesn't mean that i'm necessarily always going to do that but whilst i'm doing it like i want to be as good as i can be working with these age groups still got so much more to learn and and get to know which is another reason why like i'm still doing it because you know i've still got a long way to go to be sort of the best that i can be but i think for coaches really i think if you've got like a set group of age groups or a certain environment you're in just trying to persevere with it and just really try and use that as an opportunity to explore and grow and develop yourself as a as a coach and um but alongside that exposing yourself to other other things is good too and not being afraid of of uh you know working with the younger ones if you really enjoy it and sticking with that because um, there's some fantastic work across the country going on at grassroots level and, and academy level within the younger age groups and we've got a massive um we can play a massive part not only in the children's lives in terms of them staying in sport and staying active and staying in football but equally hoping hopefully trying to keep producing you know players that can go on and play at the, the highest level really so um it's hard to gauge the impact that you have because you won't really know until kind of like 10 years after your first start with the kids you know what how that works been but do that work really well and then just keep trying to manage that to keep extending that so as you you spoke about earlier Steph that it keeps going throughout the age groups it doesn't just get to the end of the foundation phase and stop it continues all the way through and I think if kids get to 17 18 they're still loving playing football that for me is probably the most important thing it's not just about um being a professional footballer if they're still engaged still enjoy doing it that that's that's a massive thing to to say you've achieved because there's so many kids that you know drop out unfortunately those age groups and it's really important that we we try and nurture that that love of the game you know all the way through that was the voice of ross brooks thanks to ross for his time insight and great advice and thanks to you for listening to the soccer coach weekly podcast for more from us join us again next time or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans advice interviews and much more I'm Steph Fairburn. See you again soon.